Hello. Um, content warnings for this episode. There's um, some alcohol mentions, Nazi mentions, racism, sexuality, discussions, and we talk about an extramarital affair with an underage girl uh, from a certain voice actor, which, that's great. Um, uh, Sunday when this comes out, April 30th, Sunday after this comes out, on April 30th, I'll be doing a charity stream for Ash. There'll be a link in the description. And be sure to stick around for the end of the podcast. There is a very silly thing at the end I think you all will enjoy. Otherwise, hope you have a good day and hope you enjoy the episode. Hello, everyone. It is Elise. And I have two very special friends with me today. Hi, I'm Kiki. And, and it is Minfilia featuring Absinthe. Hooray! Boy, howdy. Let me tell you, I've been sober for three years, but thinking about Bleach makes it kind of hard. That's hey. a lie. Oh, oh. Bleach isn't that bad. Not yet, it isn't. It'll Not. get there. Oh, yeah, we'll get there. I speak from experience. <laughs> Pulls out a bottle of the strong of Everclear. Let me tell you about Bleach. <laughs> How the mighty have fallen. Uh, so we are reaching the end of the good shit. Last time we left off, I believe Ichigo had just gotten his uh, Bonkai by sitting in a hot tub with a naked cat lady. As you do. As one does. Uh, Renji was also there and got his Bonkai through... The normal method of training really hard. Yeah, he, unlike Ichigo, the special protagonist boy, Renji just practiced in secret for like a decade or some shit. <laughs> because um, Bleach is the story of how to have your protagonist speed run hard work and effort by getting a mulligan every time. Mm-hmm. There, God, there was recently a video by a... Uh anime YouTuber who's like, you know what? Bleach isn't so bad. Like, I'd always heard that Ichigo just kind of got handed all of his power-ups, but like, you know, reading and watching it, he really did work for his power-ups. And you know what? Ichigo does. The issue is, Ichigo works really, really hard for like a day and gets these power-ups when people have to work really, really hard for decades to get these power-ups. He isn't just handed to them, but he's still cheating. Okay, so here's the thing, right? All these, like, power-up things, tech methods he uses are supposed to be, like, you know, like, Siberian swimming school, I think we described it previously, of, like, he either gets it or he's dead. But right. he's the protagonist in the show and in the series. There is, you know that he's gonna succeed every time. Mm-hmm. By ver- like, you can only suspend your disbelief so many times, Right. And right. it never even, and it doesn't even have like a detrimental effect until, except for one case where it does in fact have a, you know, a price to pay. And that, and it comes with where the series should have, would have naturally ended was Kubo not a hack piece of trash. Yeah. Anyway, but like, it would have, like, the problem is that the, you know, by virtue of genre that the, protagonist is never going to falter enough to like lose an important fight right 
So it doesn't matter that every everything he does to power level is supposed to be, you know, dangerous and risky and no, don't do this. Yeah. And this being said, um, they kind of gloss over most of the, like, threat parts of it anyway as it goes along. Yeah. Basically, if I remember correctly, it was basically, hey... If you do this, you have like a 5% chance of succeeding and living, and a 95% chance of dying. And Ichigo's like, fuck that, I'm bad at math, that's good enough, right? <laughs> I mean, like, the idea is always that Ichigo is at the point, like, I have a chance of making this work. He's genre savvy. He's like, well, I'm obviously the protagonist. Mm -hmm. So like, I think he's fine. Like, there's that, and then there's just, like, the, you know, the most good faith read you can do. Like, let's let's just, you know, engage on its terms. And say that Ichigo at every turn is like, I can either risk everything I have to make things right, or not do anything. That's not a choice. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I can get, I get behind it. That's how I operate, generally speaking. So, you know... Yeah, I like I don't like if we just, you know, slap ourselves enough to just ignore all the pro writing problems, you know, you can get behind that. It's fine. The problem is that it does the series does this over and over again. Hmm. And this is still when Ichigo's like a cool guy. He's like, I don't I can either die saving my friend or I could fail to save my friend and want to die. Like I, I, there's most most of my options involve dying horribly and failing, but if I don't try to save the person who saved me, I will die. Like there is no like, how will I face myself in the, the thereafter? You know, <laughs> like this is what I keep what I keep saying. Like if you engage with Bleach, you know, in good faith and with sincerity, there's a lot to like. The problem is that the quality of the writing is fighting you. Yeah. So predictably, he succeeded in his super special training method, and he has his Bankai, which... Yay. Yay, it's a swastika. Um, sorry. Okay. <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh, okay, um... Which... Look, we have... Look, we have... I, uh, look, I have to address this every fucking time. <coughs> uh -huh. The Manjushri predates the swastika by fucking millennium, okay? Mm -hmm. It's an ancient Buddhist symbol meaning fullness and completion. And the Nazis fucking co-opted it because cultural appropriation. And mm -hmm. they just, like, shifted it slightly. Mm -hmm. The Manjushri is a, is a sacred Buddhist symbol that in the West has been tainted by Nazis. So everyone decides that it's a perfect time to be racist about it because no one bothers to make do basic fucking research on it. Mm -hmm. I have seen this happen. Mm -hmm. Anyway, just, like... The Manjushri or the Manji, the like the symbol of fullness and completion. That is what it is. Mm -hmm. Fuck the Nazis. They don't Those... deserve shitting. Right? Like, I, I know this is a, a controversial statement to say, but again, fuck the Nazis. They suck. The only good Nazi is a Nazi with a broken nose, which you recently broke. Damn. Damn. So. Elisa's based. Oh, I'm extremely based. Like, 
like I am like you know I am a I'm admittedly syncretic in my spirituality, but I am Buddhist in large part. So I get personally upset about this shit. Okay. No. Yes. Very understandable. Buddhism is good shit, mm-hmm. and I hate that. You know, to this day we have to put up with this sort of bullshit. Mm-hmm. Anywho. The manju the does not make a good design for a handguard, though. No, <laughs> not at all. Like, look, as also a person who owns and wields swords, the katana does not have a very good handguard to begin with. You're making the manju just makes it worse. Mm. But I guess it is like goth in a very particular East Asian way. Oh yes. Yeah, a katana, a black, a pure black katana, black and red katana with a, a manjushri handguard is very goth, I guess. Yeah, that's goth as fuck. Wait, is it red? Manjushit. Is it black and red in the anime? Um, it's been in all official designs because when Ichigo goes into Bankai, he gets a different outfit. He gets a torn haori that has red lining. Right. And also the um. Uh, Samehada, the uh, shark skin like bit on the hilt of his sword is red. Right. Right. Also, I love that it's eventually revealed that his Hayori is actually his life bar. Yeah, it's it's silly. It, uh. It's pretty. It's pretty great. So he he gets his bankai. Renji gets his bankai. They're like, okay, we're gonna go save Rukia. We've got a week, so we can, like, really plan this. And then, uh... Gin is just like, Hey, so, we moved the execution up, it's today! Um, and Rukia's like, oh, well, I'm fucked. Uh, I mean, I mean this, whole, this whole time, Rukia has just given up and is just posing aesthetically for cover arts. Which are really good! <laughs> like, this is still the part where Kubo's drawing amazing cover art like fucking immaculate good shit um anyway she's she's given up she's gonna go be executed um she gets put between like goal posts the most overly elaborate execution stand yeah i mean the stand itself is very plain but then it's just like a giant phoenix that like Pokes you and you die. Yeah. So she's like, how how to describe it? She's like, t- there's like goalposts with a bar between them, and her arms are tied to the bar, so she's just hanging there. Uh, and then Yamamoto is that his name? The captain commander, yeah, Yamamoto. Yes, yes. not Yamato. No, Yamamoto. Thank you. Yes. Uh, it's like, okay, I'm going to summon a giant bird now, uh, which I guess for a <laughs> while people thought was his Bonkai, but it's not. His Bonkai is much dumber. I mean, so I like, I mean... Just his, just his friend? No, just the bird is bird. just... A, the bird is an unrelated execution mechanic. Yeah, it's just <laughs> a bird. It's, it's, quote, the power of one over 100 Zanbaktos fused into one energy vessel. Uh, so Man. yeah, it's a pretty cool bird. So I mean, Ichi- Ichigo blocks it, so it's not that cool. 
Okay, but like honestly, this is maybe the best scene in Bleach. Is a bird's gonna come and kill Rukia, and Ichigo just kind of hops out of nowhere and punches the bird in the face, and the bird just goes, "Fuck it, I'm not getting paid to be punched in the face," and flies away. I mean, to be exact, um, Ichigo pops out of nowhere, cuts Rukia free, grabs her under his arm, and just casually, like, with his sword on his shoulder, blocks the bird. Yeah. And it's just, and it just like, glares at Rukia, like, the fuck you giving up for? Mm-hmm. I, I believe he, his, he basically is just like, hey, I said I was going to save you, and now I'm saving you. While Rookie just kind of hangs there like a cat. Yep. She looks very silly in the manga. Um, and yeah, and then while holding Rukia with his sword still in Shikai, he just hops down and beats up a bunch of the lieutenants. Just like yeah. effortlessly as he's just running with Rukia under one arm. And it's super fucking cool. Until Captain Estrogen Bait shows up. Yeah, <laughs> Captain Who now? Um, Kuchiki Byakuya, the man who was the female reader, straight hetero female reader's favorite for like years and years. Until Grimjow. Well, Grimjow and Ulkyora oh, challenged man. it, and he was already being challenged by Gin, but mm. he was a favorite for a long time alongside the sexy man vibes. Um, no, the, this went beyond Tumblr Sexy Man. This was, like, Reader's favorite from polls. Mm-hmm. Although, also, admittedly, you know, Reader's polls also put fucking Xenos high in the rankings, so, you know, the ta- not accounting for taste on this. And remember in the Chainsaw Man popularity polls, Kobeni's car beat Kobeni once. <sighs> to be fair, it was a, it was a nice car. Um, people, people like Makima, which is, you know... Makima's a really good character! <laughs> we, can, we can unpack that one on a, on a different episode. Yeah, we can talk about that later. It's <laughs> um, a whole can of worms. Yeah, also, don't get me started on Tumblr Sexy Man. I hate how it's become the new... Uh, uh, the new... Himbo. But a Tumblr Sexy Man... The core part of a Tumblr sexy van is they are not conventionally attractive. That's right. They do need to have that, like, wet puppy sort of aesthetic. You become a Tumblr sexy man by being only weird people on Tumblr would find this person attractive. So, Sans Undertale, the Onceler, um, are, like, the main two. And then there's a bunch of minor ones, but those are, like, the two. Like, you know, on this subject, right? Like, there are people who called Hannibal from the Hannibal TV series a Tumblr sexy man. Let me tell you, no. No. Mats, Mats Mikkelsen in an apron cooking food for you while threatening to cook you. That's just, you know, a cannibal who happens to be a daddy dom. Yeah, no. Mads Mikkelsen is hot as fuck. Like, I am not into men. Let's be clear. I am, like, hopelessly lesbian. But I can see it, and I live with a gay man. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you know, no. But Mads Mikkelsen is one of the people is one of the guys I look at that like reaffirms my sexuality. <laughs> like I'm like most of the people I'm attracted to are women. 
And then I look at Mads Mikkelsen, I'm like, oh, right, I'm also into some dudes. Like, you know, am I, like, I live with a gay man, right? Mm-hmm. And when we were watching Hannibal, and he saw Mads Mikkelsen in a, you know, in an apron cooking with his dress shirt sleeves rolled up, he just looked like... So, so you know. This out of the way. Um, back to the topic at hand. Um, Kushki Byakuya is the most we put every Bisen and archetype into a blender. Mm-hmm. Um, he has long ish hair. Like, it's not long, long, because his hair is only like past his shoulders. It's in, it's held up with weird hair accessories that are a family a treasure. Um, he's voiced by Okiayu Ryotaro, who's made his career voicing beautiful men, such as Alucard from Castlevania. Um, and his weapons are razor-sharp cherry blossoms, so this is very much the every, every possible aspect of a um, beautiful man rolled into one. Uh, so him and Ishigo fight, on the one hand you have the punk short hair, short blonde, like strawberry blonde boy, and the cold and callous big brother type beautiful big brother and of course this span spawned so many fanfics yeah that's uh that's, that's a little gay mm-hmm. that's a little gay kubo look it, like, here's the thing right that there's anyone or anything heterosexual in bleach is entirely kubo's fault because kubo is a shit person anyway um who accidentally keeps writing the most like gay material possible we'll get to this Oh, oh, just wait until the Hueco Mundo arc. Oh, Grimjow. Also, Tia Haribel. Anyway. Um, what, you forgot about the... Um, the uh, Espada woman who has her three female attendants who runs a women's only club because this world is too predatory for women. Oh! Her! Madame Kubo dropped a fridge on her twice. Yeah! <laughs> she, she ends up ruling Huikomundo uh, and then immediately getting her ass kicked. And then forgotten about. Not even killed off, just forgot about. I have words about this! Yeah. You made the mistake of including me here when I'm drunk. <laughs> anyway, so um, Ichigo and Byakuya fight. Um, Ichigo is getting his ass handed to him. And then the hollow inside Ichigo's soul takes over. Mm-hmm. Um, and proceeds to kick uh, Byakuya's ass until yeah, Ichigo... Gamer mode. Yeah, um, Ichigo go, gets jokerified during the fight, starts winning until Ichigo goes, "No, I must win! I must win in honorable combat," which he does. Um, then Eisen shows up, like cla- goes, "Evangelion, congratulations on everyone!" and says that I am actually the villain. I am gonna take off now. Woo 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 woo. 
I'm gonna reveal myself as the villain because for not much reason other than the, I mean okay, Unohana knows, which means he's fucked if he sticks around. Uh-huh. Um so he's about to leave and Ichigo with his theme song blaring charges him and Aizen stops him with one finger and stops his theme song in the process. It's really good. It's beautiful. His Ichigo's theme song stops like it hits a wall face first. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's the last time that theme song shows up. Actually, yeah, I don't I think it that. ever. I don't think it ever shows up in any of the in Arankar onwards. So yeah. Aizen, the main villain, killed the protagonist power up theme song. Damn. Uh, also, also something to mention about uh Eisen. When Eisen shows up again, he's just like, Hi, I'm Eisen. I'm just doddering old like uh every man. And then he takes off his glasses and flips his hair back and oh no, Eisen's really hot now. Oh no yes, I've seen Eisen described as the abusive daddy dom and that is very accurate. Oh one hundred percent. Um also Turns out there's a reason why Aizen and uh, Gin and uh, the third guy, who's never awesome. important, thank you, uh, wanted Rukia dead is because Rukia has something special inside of her that uh, Urahara put inside her at some point that Aizen needs so that he can become a god. god essentially. Yeah. The god. He essentially wants the like all god, like over god, all father status. Mm-hmm. But because Ichigo fucked it all up, he just steals it from Rukia, and he's like, "Well, I can't, like, I can't stay here because I'm strong, but literally everyone is here, and Kubo hasn't decided what my powers are yet." Because all he would have to do is draw his Shikai and ever and just whoops, now he has control of everyone's senses forever. Oops. Uh, yeah. So he and his gang hop through a portal into Oiko Mundo. And everyone's like, Well fuck. Well I, well I guess I guess we'll just give up then. Yeah. Until next arc. And then the anime goes into filler episode one of eight. Oh no. No, no, no. The the filler episode, or the filler arc, is from episode 64 to episode 108. Oh, There's joy. like 800 episodes. Do you re- think I remember how where anything lines up? There are... No. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, anyway, no one cares about the bound, including the fan artists. So moving on. Now, here, here is a uh, a summary of the bound arc. <laughs> Bounds are vampiric humans who gain immortality by consuming souls. Sure, they why not? avoid the soul society. Vampires. Next oh, arc. No. <laughs> moving. Vampires. Oh no! Moving on. Anyways. So in the Arankar arc, we are first introduced to our new set of opponents, now that the Gotae 13 have become friends. Uh-huh. Um, the Espada, who are actually 
I actually really like the Espada as a concept, I have to be real. Because, mm -hmm. like, the Hollows are all the souls, like, lingering souls of the dead, right? Mm -hmm. And the Espada all embody a an aspect of death, right? Mm -hmm. So there's, like, oh, let's see, can I remember? There's, there's rage, there's decay, there's loneliness, there's sacrifice, there's despair, emptiness. Uh, what are, I'm trying to remember what the other ones were. Well, there were a few others still, because they go to ten, because it's the ten espada, the ten swords. Mm -hmm. And we're introduced to number ten and number four, uh, initially. The next Estrogen Brigade base is being for Ulkiora, who is sadly voiced by a sex pest. Mm -hmm. uh, because Namika Wadaiske had a premarital affair with a teenager. Yikes! Oh. Well, not premarital, uh, sorry, it's like extramarital, that's the word. Mm -hmm. He apologized because he got caught. Anyway, this man also voices Hisoka. From Hunter Hunter. Oh my god, oh. the voice of Hisoka is an actual sex pest. Yeah. I'm shocked. Uh, okay, I I, fa I found the list. Um, the list are is rage, solitude, sentience. I don't know that word. Uh, sacr. Uh, S E N E S C E N C E. S-E-N... Welcome to me, Philia oh, oh, tries oh, to spell oh, out a word for 10 oh, minutes. The state of growing old is decay. Ah, right. Um, uh, we don't know what uh, Neil's aspect was before she became a child. Um, um, then... I, mean, I mean, Nell's thing being the number three was presumably also sacrifice. No, that makes sense. A sacrifice, nihilism, despair, uh, destruction, hedonism, madness, and greed. Yeah, like this is a cool concept, right? That each of your like themed antagonists embodies some like a drive or an aspect that drives people to death, right? When your whole thing is like this lingering, lingering souls thing. Mm -hmm. Sadly. This too is just kind of brushed aside. Yeah. So yeah. So uh, to give a better definition, uh, the Aronkar an Aronkar is a hollow that's had their mask removed, and then or the broken. top are broken. Because um, they because the Espada all they all wear their like mask fragments. Mm -hmm. And this and, is also where the the whole hollow mask thing kind of gets thrown out the window, because a hollow mask can be fucking anything, including a support bra. Yep. <laughs> uh, and then the Espada are, like, the top whatever, because there's the top 10, but we see up to 107. So the idea, what I think was that there's the like different classes of the hollow, and Vastolorde is the like highest 
tier of uh, naturally occurring hollow. Mm-hmm. And then the Espada were Vastolorde, who um, were awakened by the Hogyoku, which is the MacGuffin that Aizen extracted from Rukia. Mm-hmm. Because the Hogyoku, or Breakdown spe- Sphere, I, uh, Breakdown Jewel, I think it's called, uh, literally. Ah. Um, is like, it breaks boundaries, is what it does. So it blur- <laughs> it breaks the boundary between a Vastolorde and a Shinigami. Right, because all of the... That's the other thing about the, uh, the Espada, is they all have Zanpakuto, and they're all essentially uh, Shinigami, but also Aronkar. There's this whole thing in Bleach about the hybrid being the ultimate life form, but this is not really adequately explained at any... explored in any point, really. Yes, a hybrid is... It just keeps happening. A hybrid is the ultimate life form, which is why they never stop losing. (laughs) I mean, the ultimate, ultimate, ultimate hybrid life form is Ichigo, ultimately. Eventually, yeah. Because after he, en- after enough retcons and ass poles. When he finally becomes a Shinigami at the very end of the last arc. Oh my god, spoilers! After becoming every other possible thing in between. Oh, no, no, no. He was always just a Quincy in between. It was a human-Quincy hybrid, then he became part hollow, then he oh, becomes a Shinigami. All Quincy are humans. I mean, the Quincy is a subset of human. Right. No, you're, you know what, you're right, because he's half, he's half Shinigami, half Quincy. Yeah, because his dad was a Shinigami, so he's a 16th dead until he becomes, he becomes full dead, until then he becomes half dead, then he becomes an 8th dead, and then he... <laughs> I am fucking losing it with this fucking shit. It's... I'm swearing so much right now. Yeah, so... That remember how the whole like people say that Ichigo had to or work for his power ups? No, he didn't. Like he he is the most most special chosen one for like six different groups of people. He was retroactively made that so Kubo in fact ruined everything that was good. Yeah. That checklist of everything to ruin about the series he wrote until then. Yeah. Anyway, so a bunch, two of the um, Espada show up in Karakuracho and cause problems. Ichigo handily gets his ass kicked, which prompts another powering up montage. Uh-huh. Wait, not before they're saved by, uh, wait. Is this the one where Urahara saves them? Or is it the second time they do is that Urahara saves them? Oh, I think this might have been the one where Urahara saves them, and then like, oh, you need training, and Ishigo's like, oh, I need training. And then a character we met very briefly, right before the uh, Soul Society arc shows up and goes, hey, stop, I, I am a Soul Reaper, and also a Hollow. I was known as a Vizard, because Kubo misspelled wizard. <laughs> I mean, I it was never clear if it's like a misspelling of wizard or if it's like because there's this group of former Shinigami who are part hollow like Ichigo, but they've learned to control their hollow powers. 
-hmm. They manifest a hollow mask when they do so, so it's like a visor. Mm -hmm. Because Kamen Rider. Oh, okay. Um, so, what we end up with is this horrible misspelling of three different words that's never adequately explained. Anyway, there's a group of idiots who are all like Shinigami Hollow hybrids, like Ichigo, but they can put on their hollow masks to devil trigger, and Ichigo mm. learns to how to do this so he can be powerful enough to fight every boss from now on until he needs another ass uh, pull of a power-up. Yep. Um, it's also, it, also, it is also worth mentioning, we do eventually see how they all became visors, and it is in a sea of, like, really shitty writing. It is this weird beacon of really good, interesting stuff. And I Welcome really wish... to the rest of Be Bleach until the end of time. A yeah. beacon of good writing in a sea of bullshit. Yeah. It's really annoying. Like, I've, I've said before, and I'll say it again, the worst part of Bleach is that it's so... At times, it is so, so good. and it, But most of the times, it's so bad that you keep reading it so you get to the good shit. But you're like, suffering look, through all the bad shit most of the time. Like There's at least, like, five bits that I could go on for for an entire podcast episode because I just think they're that good. And everything in between is just trash. Yeah. So, Kiki, who's your favorite Bleach character? I really liked when Bleach came out and started bleaching everywhere. Watch out! I'm gonna bleach! I mean, I always liked Chad. Chad's a bad character. I'm, I, I'm so sorry. Yeah, Chad never does I, I, I understand the, like, tragedy of liking a character that Kubo didn't give flying fuck about. Natsuki, my beloved. Oh, my favorite character is still, like, my favorite character, two favorite characters, right, are Haribel and Unohana. Oof. Number one being Haribel. Imagine how that feels. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Damn. Like, we'll get to that. Maybe. Eventually. We, we'll get to it eventually. Because, unfortunately, we've hit the part of Bleach where everything gets really bogged down. So, while Ichigo goes off getting his visor training, a bunch more Roncar invade and have to be stopped by the, uh, by a bunch of uh, Shinigami who show up because they're like, oh shit, like, this is connected to Aizen. We actually have to do something about this. God damn it. Uh, well, we, learn this... a we learn a bunch of information of varying importance, like Kubo can't write women, um, Ikkaku has a bankai, uh -huh. Hitsugaya wins a fight for the only time in, his, in the entire series. Oh my god. I think. I think he wins one other fight in the end, but he also dies right after. Yeah. And then, but he gets better, so it's okay. Kind of. I think oh, he's still no, the, the, the No, they come back. It's just they li literally 
their like fallback and their like detriment is that they lost time from their lifespans. Ah, they're dead already. They're right. souls. Right. So their eternity got reduced by twelve years or something. Oh no! Gasp. Anyway, um, also a bunch of clowns fight clown Arankar, and it's very boring. That's a whole three season, three episode long thing in the anime. Well, no, because, because we do see Rukia actually fight, and Rukia's stuff's interesting. Rukia has ice powers, and I like that. Mm -hmm. I like ice things. Mm -hmm. Her bonkai is. Uh, she doesn't she have can... a bonkai in the most of the series. Oh, is it her Shikai that does that? Yeah, she only gets. I think she only gets a bonkai at the very end of the series. Look her Shikai up. is her Shikai is just that she, her her sword gets pretty and she can create ice in like many different ways. Because turns out ice powers are flexible. In uh, at least in the English dub, it is uh, explicit that she can reduce things to uh, zero Kelvin. Yeah, that's her shikai. Terrifying. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's what her bonkai is. In God. the in the Zanpakuto unionizing arc, her Zanpakuto spirit is revealed to be a a Yukionna, basically, like okay. a Japanese ice spirit, um, who takes the form of a beautiful woman. So you know, shipping in in, do, in like shipping happened, and you know, I'm here for it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, also, here here's a fun fact about the. Uh... Zanpakuto uh, unionizing arc. Uh, turns out that Renji's Zanpakuto's a trans woman. Oh, really? Yeah, because um, during Soul Society, he describes it as um, a man, and then when uh, later he starts referring it to it as a woman, and then when it during the unionizing arc, when she manifests, she is very feminine. Although it was, I think I saw a thing about that. It was a point of Renji not really understanding how his Zanpakuto works, but at the same time, it's like, oh, you're just being a coward. Come on. Or, or he didn't understand his Zanpakuto, didn't realize his Zanpakuto was a woman. Yeah. True canon. Fuck you, Kubo. Mm hmm. If you're wondering why I'm so harsh on Kubo, it's all because of the last arc where he goes extremely fucking trans music. Yeah, it, holy shit. It's so... God, I don't... I don't want to talk about her. I don't want to talk about her. Yeah, Let's uh, not we'll, talk about her. Let's not talk about her now, because I will be... There will come a time when we have to, and I will be very angry then. Yeah. Anywho... Um, so the Arankar arc is kind of a weird one because it's kind of not, not quite a full arc, you know. Like the issue is that the Arankar arc is just part of the Huekomundo saga, and like multiple arcs start to overlap. 
Yeah, like the Arankara arc, like it starts as its own thing, but then it kind of got absorbed by the Hue. Like it was supposed to be just the beginning of Hueco Mundo, but then like one or like two or three, like at least one filler happened. Mm-hmm. And it just shifts so radically that it kind of became separate. Mm-hmm. Because, huh. so Ichigo's learning to be a visor. At the same time, Orihime discovers that one of the visors is also a, uh, has powers very similar to hers. So she starts training under him. Um, cause he's like the group's medic, so he can heal people. Uh, Orihime's like, hey, I want to learn how to heal people. So he starts working with her and he goes, oh, no, your power is not healing people. You can rewrite, uh, like, causality. You so you just, yeah, you can just make it so the wounds never happened. And coincidentally, this is also when Aizen, like, announces that there is this human girl with the ability that we need. Go get, go get her. Uh-huh. It's like, just a, an outright failure of writing on this one, where it's just like... You know, it's not a set, it's not set up that, you know, Aizen will go... I mean, it's like the most half-assed setup, right? Because after the after the uh, two Espada show up, and Orihime uses her powers to heal Chad, who gets fucked up because of course you're not in you're not in the important character seat. Um, in a display of an ability that never gets seen again, Ukiora can like crush his eyeball and use it as a turn it into a YouTube video. Mm-hmm. Um, so Aizen sees the ability and goes like, oh, how interesting. What an interesting girl. And then many episodes go by without any mention. And it's like, hey, go get Orihime to me. About the same time as when Orihime learns that her ability is to reject reality and, absur- and assert her own. Yep. Which, so speaking of uh, rejecting reality... That's a really bad segue for me to say that that's going to be the end of the episode today. Hey, hey I'm rejecting the reality of this podcast continuing to go. I, I do think not that's see it. for the best. Hey, I don't fucking I don't know. I have no track of thought anymore. Yeah, brain empty, only bleach. Head empty, like no thought, no empty head thoughts. That's the one. Do either of you have anything to plug? Uh, play Toho Lost Branch of Legend. It's real good. It's real good. That's all I got. You got anything, Kiki? Uh, let me tell you about this little little manga series called Bleach. Uh, Don't support Actually, um, it. Don't. Uh, a manga that I really enjoyed, Hell's Paradise, just released a pretty girthy one-shot epilogue. Ooh. So if any out there enjoyed Hell's Paradise, go read the go read the one shot. It's really cute. Ooh, okay. Um, and my plug is that uh, the Sunday after this releases, I'm going to be doing a marathon stream to support my friend and con and a common guest. I'm sorry, I forgot the word guest for a moment there. Um, Ash, 
who oh, is can, trying... Oh, the fuck out of Florida? Yeah, the get Ash the fuck out of Florida fund. Yes, uh, we're going to be playing a lot of Sonic games. Hell yeah. You should tune into that. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're starting with Sonic Frontiers. If I beat Sonic Frontiers, uh, which is a big if, because I have no idea how much I have left to do, uh, we'll go back to Sonic Adventure 2 and do our true playthrough, which is where you play a hero level, and then you beat the level, and you save and quit, and then you go to the dark story, and you let the recap play, and you play that dark story until you beat one level, and then you save and quit, and you go back to the hero story, and you do that until you're done. It's the only true way to experience Sonic Adventure 2. I'm glad you're continuing the, your streak of uh, psychologically torturing yourself on every charity stream. <sighs> yeah. This yeah, is going to be fun. That's great. Be there. Give for yes. money. Yes. There, there's also going to be fun incentives. We're still ironing them out. Uh, it'll probably involve art. But, um, and, and, and uh, the possibility, if people donate enough, for us to do another uh, Monster Hunter Touch uh, stream. Using uh, Monster Hunter Rise. Oh shit! Rise, I feel. Yeah. Anyways, uh, I hope you enjoyed the episode, and uh, remember, don't read Bleach. Thank you for having me. Do not make our sacrifice in vain. Yeah, we're giving a poorly recap recap, so you don't have to. And trust us, even in my very inebriated state, this is more co- this is more coherent than Bleach itself. Play, play the Bleach fighting game on Wii with Wiimote controls. Or just listen to the soundtracks, because Sagi Sushiro does good music. That's the other bad thing about Bleach, is the the OPs and EPs are so good. Ah! <laughs> Bye. 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 <laughs> Great ending. Awesome. Craig's still recording. Wait, did they just leave? <laughs> They did. Wait, at least just like <laughs> well, they um... did. <laughs> uh, so yeah, there's gonna be this whole trail at the end of this recording, and they're just yeah. gonna come back like, "What the fuck happened?" Hello, future editing Elise. Um, I'm sure you've realized your mistake by now.